You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Radiant Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Cookie Monster. And I'm Tana. Yeah, Tana. What's happening? Hey, how are you doing? It's been a minute. Yes, it's been a minute. Yeah. And I'm so happy to be back. And I'm so excited about this topic this morning. It's very timely. Mm-hmm. I think uh, migration has become a normal part of people's lives. We right. all have relatives that are overseas. And we all have to do this long distance relationship thing with our relatives yeah. and our friends. And, you know, it's, it begs the question as to what is God's will when it comes to relocating and migrating to a new place? Right. When should you leave? Should you leave? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I guess you already preempted what our topic is. Yeah. Uh, today we're, we're, we're talking about um, relocating. Uh, leaving, well, I guess we're, we're speaking mainly within a Zim context, uh, but uh, but this this applies. Um, I think it's a it's a ubiquitous topic. And when when do you leave? When do you relocate? When do you know when it's God's will for you yeah. to leave? We see in the Bible, you know, many times where God tells Abraham to leave a particular place because there's a place that He wants him to go to, mm. um, but. At the same time, you know, like in Zim at the moment, there's a lot of economic hardships. And sometimes yeah. the practical thing to do <laughs> is just to go. Yeah. Right. So we're talking about that. And of course, today we have a very special guest in the house. Uh, he's no stranger to Radiant Culture. Mm-hmm. PC. Hello, What's happening? everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, the topic we're going to be looking at today is something that's close to my heart. Right. Mm. And like you correctly point out, it's affecting everybody. I know particularly in a Zim context and obviously to, uh, to another extent uh, internationally. Yeah. Because mm. the world is very mobile. Right. As it stands right now. So I'm, exci- I'm excited to be here. Nice. Yeah. Well, the last time we had PC, we we're, were talking about polygamy. <laughs> uh, today, we will not be talking about polygamy. Just in case you start associating with, <laughs> <laughs> with such topics. <laughs> anywho, anywho. So, you know, I, I think the, the the interesting thing about all of this is I, the conflict, I guess, is always uh, being practical. <clears throat> I'll, put, I'll put that in quotes. Versus following God's will, right? Not that I'm saying following God's will is impractical. Uh, but I think there are times where you just need to make a, a practical decision to say, hey, you know, I'm qualified and I, my, my qualifications can be used elsewhere or my child cannot really get a good education here, mm-hmm. right? Versus uh, God, is this where you want me to be? How, how do we make that distinction? I think that that's, that would be my first question hmm wow <laughs> you just you just uh, dove into it is that the word dove dived yes. dived dove <laughs> uh, it's this English. right 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 into it um yeah when we're looking at uh, moving like you you point out there are some very practical um, matters uh when i come in as a christian or as a pastor perhaps um i'd like to base my comments on what the word of god says yeah what the word of god says because it's a it's a it's a key pointer 
insofar as the decisions we make, the directions we take, and whatever it is that we end up doing in life. Now, migrating is a major decision, yeah. right? The decision to move countries uh, is a major decision. And so what does the Bible tell us about major decisions? I have a number of scriptures here. Uh, let me just start by saying that um, major decisions must happen with counsel. Right. So supposing an individual or a person is wanting to move, one of the things that they must essentially look for is the counsel ultimately of God right. before they are to make such a decision. Any major decision a person makes must be full of counsel. Whether it's, I know we're talking about migration, even marriage. Yeah. If you're going to marry, don't just dive into marriage. Yeah. Mm. Get counsel. Right. Um, there's some purpose or maybe... For the for the sake of this discussion, some career decisions that are that must be made within the context of counsel. I'm just trying to establish a point here. Yeah. And when you look back into the Bible, major decisions, even in the Old Testament in particular, uh, decisions like war. Mm -hmm. You know, those are major decisions. Those are decisions that have a lot of um, implications on many things. Right. They would not necessarily just be made. Um, uh, at the top or from the top of the calf, you know, as it, as it as it were, yeah, people would at least or kings in that particular moment would uh, would seek counsel. Now, what does the Bible tell us, um, particularly from uh, the wisdom book in Proverbs? So, so, sorry, PC. Mm. Uh, sorry to interject there. So, when you say major decisions, mm. does this also imply that they're minor decisions? Absolutely. And and maybe you, can you just give us, well, for the benefit of our listeners, uh, maybe a couple of examples of what you would. Called minor decisions. My, yeah, minor decisions. And the choice of what you're going to wear today. <laughs> okay. You don't phone up your mentor and say, hey, <laughs> today is a Saturday. I'm doing nothing but going uh, to play out golf. What uh, would you <laughs> suggest right, I, right. I put on um, mm. the design of your house in terms of uh, where, where, what colors your furniture ought to be, you know, and so forth and so forth. Right. They, they may be decisions in life which don't necessarily need uh, for you to sit down to really get advice. Okay. But when you look at decisions that have a material impact on your life and wherever it is that you're going, you definitely don't want to, to just go straight into them because of um, what they can affect. Okay. You see, and migration is one of those. Right. Migration it doesn't just change you, it affects uh, your immediate family, your extended family, and the society and the world at large. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, because of the nature of, of such a move. Sure. Just like in the Old Testament. So now, when you look at um, King Solomon's wisdom, Proverbs 20, verse uh, 18, he says, Make plans by seeking guidance. If you wage war, obtain guidance. Now, he's not really teaching us to go to war, but what we're learning from there is that key decisions need to be guided. Mm -hmm. Again, he says in Proverbs 24 verse 6, for waging war, you need guidance. And for victory, many advisors. What's that saying? It's just emphasizing the need for major decisions to have counsel. A few years ago, when I used to be in the financial sector, um, not financial sector, actually, I worked for a, uh, an investment company. Mm -hmm. uh, we had the opportunity to uh, participate in mergers and acquisitions, in other words, to buy other companies. Mm -hmm. I discovered a very interesting process that big businesses get into before they purchase other companies. Mm -hmm. They do what they call a due diligence. Right. A due diligence, for those of us that are aware, is basically a, a process where a company goes to find out everything they can about whatever business they want to either merge with or a business they want to buy 
they bring in lawyers, accountants, analysts, and all sorts of uh, professionals to make sure they've got enough information before they make a decision. And and this is what the Bible is telling us. He's saying uh, for victory, you need many advisors. In other words, you must have sufficient counsel, information, and wisdom that's going to guide you. One more verse there is in Proverbs 15, verse 22. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, plans fail for lack of counsel. So sometimes people plan but their plans are lacking the necessary counsel or wisdom right. to, 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 to make those plans good plans. <clears throat> so the fact that a plan has been made doesn't necessarily make it a, a good plan. And so he ends by saying this in that verse, but with many advisors, plans succeed. So what am I saying? I'm saying if a person is going to make major decisions, and today we're talking about migration, right. such a decision needs counsel. Now, that counsel obviously comes from ultimately the Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Tana, you you went to uni outside Zim, right? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what, another dynamic here that, that I think would be quite interesting is a, you know, a scenario where you relocate because maybe an authority figure you know, says you, you have to relocate. So in this case, maybe you know, you're supposed to go to, to school mm-hmm. and uh, hypo- let's say hypothetically, you felt that God wanted you to stay in Zim, mm-hmm. but your your Bali was like, "Hey, you're not doing uni here. Mm. You have to go." Yeah. So in 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 scenarios like that, right? I guess it's just another twist to to the discussion. Like, how how does one then handle that? Because I've I've you know there have been instances where. Uh, people have felt really strongly that they're supposed to do something, but they're still under their parents' roof, and the parent decides otherwise. Maybe the parent is not even a believer, right? Um, so maybe within that context, do you honor God over your parents, or uh, do you still submit to your parents as you know as as a sign of honoring God? That, that kind of thing. Yeah, I actually would want to throw an even more difficult one. I think the parental one is, to some extent, more straightforward. Right. Because normally children would do what their parents say in such cases. In such cases, Mm -hmm. normally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, How about when um, your husband is saying, let's go, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you want to stay? Or perhaps the wife is saying, That's a complex one. Mate, (laughs) um, let's get out of here. Okay. (laughs) You know? And you perhaps are in a place where you want to stay. Uh, this is what I would say insofar as the decision to, 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 to go. In fact, there are basically two categories of reasons mm-hmm. why people migrate, right? They are what I would call good reasons, mm-hmm. right? Or God reasons, if you want, why people migrate. And then there uh, what I would call other reasons. Right. I don't want to say foolish reasons, <laughs> but I would say other reasons other than God reasons why people would migrate. Let's look at God reasons, for instance. Why God, um, why we should move, or when when we should move, insofar as God reasons. We should move, uh, or we should migrate. Um, number one, I, I put these God reasons in three categories, and probably to come back to your to, to the issue of the child as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, for three pre- primary reasons, should we move um, if God decides or wants us to? The first part is if God instructs us to move. Mm-hmm. If God instructs you to move, 
you might as well follow the instruction of God because within every instruction that God has is not only uh, the experience or the manifestation of his blessing, mm -hmm. but there's also protection. The safest place anybody can be in this world is in the will of God. Right. So even if you're in the middle of war, even if you're in the middle of a den of lions, mm -hmm. right? Even if you're swallowed up by a whale or a big fish, whatever it is, in the will of God, you are safer than somebody who's surrounded by a, a troop or a battalion or many, many, many people. So now, one way we know we're in the will of God is when we follow his instructions. Instruction. So if God says... So, sorry, PC, mm. to interject again. Mm. Uh, just to break that one uh, down further. Uh, uh, how, how do we actually know? Okay. When when God when God is is, is instructing us because I think sometimes we see in the Bible where God appears to someone through an angel uh, or an audible voice or something, uh, um, but then maybe you know this could be someone where they're like I'm I'm a Christian I read my Bible uh -huh. but I've never had God tell me anything specific to do so. How do, do I do it? Do I follow my heart? Do I? Yeah, it's it's a it's a good question you ask. It's a very good question you ask. I must be honest, I anticipated that question <laughs> to come. Because of the complexity of what we're dealing with here, I actually expected that question to come. Maybe I can come back to it sure, just sure. after I make a, a, certain po a few certain points here. So number one, if God instructs, if God tells you, and you mentioned the, the first verse, Genesis 12, God said to Abraham, leave. Mm -hmm. We don't get an, a, a hint as to why what, what the situation or the circumstance uh, in terms of uh, economically uh, that Abraham was living, I, it would suggest or it would seem that uh, where he was, things were fairly normal and good. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't living a bad country, if, I, if I'm to read into or just look at that particular scripture. Right. But God had a mission for him and his success was where God was directing him to. So I would say if we move by instruction, we move by purpose. We move by purpose as mm -hmm. well. And uh, I think I'm already beginning to answer your question as well. So, for instance, perhaps God has put it within me to be a, a major epidemiologist, a person who stops these corona issues worldwide. Mm -hmm. so there are certain types of purposes that just would uh, cause or inspire a certain kind of movement, right? Some of it may be temporary, some may be permanent so sometimes our purposes have a way of just uh, of, 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 of thrusting us in certain places okay. so now already a person must discover their purpose right mm. when a person is functioning within their purpose then there are certain moves that are just pieces falling uh, into place and then thirdly and most interesting sometimes God instructs us to move by default okay what do I mean by default circumstances force you to move. Mm -hmm. These ones are normally reserved for people who would otherwise not move even if God told them. Let me, get, let, me, let me get a very interesting scripture for us. Uh, Psalm chapter 105 and verse number 17. It's an interesting scripture because uh, we, 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 we know the story. Um, I'll start with verse 15 which we love to use in certain wrong times in certain places. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Hmm. Verse 16, he called on famine on the land and destroyed all the, their supplies of food. Verse 17, this is Psalm 105. And he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. 
They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons. Till what he foretold came to pass. Till the word of the Lord proved him true. Okay, so this verse is telling us that God sent Joseph. But if we flip back to Genesis, there is no place where you see an angel or a vision or God coming to Joseph and saying, Joseph, my son, right. I hereby send thee unto <laughs> Egypt. To go and so, so forth. If you see that, the did trans- God ever really speak like that? Right? <laughs> 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 like I would think, does God? Like you think God uses slang? Does, does he use like old school English only? I'll tell you that God uses the language mm. you hear the best, eh? Yeah. I, I'll say God speaks to you in the language you hear the best. So if you hear Elizabeth in English, <laughs> he probably speak to you like that. <laughs> Anyways, yes. So, yeah. so if you look at how Joseph was sent, basically he ended up in a place. He had a dream. God actually showed him where he was supposed to be. But the mode in which he was, he was moved, there was pretty much a set of circumstances he would never have imagined. Mm. And funny enough, at the end of Genesis, Joseph comes back to his brothers and he says, actually, it's God, you know, who brought me to this place ahead of you so that many lives would be changed. So in that moment, mm-hmm. Joseph would never have known. So there's people that have actually moved, you know, by the instruction of God, but what I would say is um, by default. Now, how do we break all of this down? Mm-hmm. Just all of us can claim maybe it's default mode that's sending me. I would say the most important part when it comes to decision making. Yeah. And remember, this is a major decision. Mm-hmm. A good Christian must be well acquainted with God. Right. So the belief, how do I know whether God is speaking to me or not? The first place is not so much to know how God is speaking to me or how God speaks to me but it's to grow in your relationship with okay. God, mm-hmm. right? As you grow in your relationship with God, I believe that God has a way of speaking to you directly about anything, right? And as you walk with God, obviously what God would normally do with all of us is he normally starts by telling us the little things, right? Mm-hmm. And then as we grow with him, we'll notice that he reveals more and more things, the Jeremiah model of God speaking. If you study the book of Jeremiah, you'll notice that God would give Jeremiah instructions in stages right you just tell him go to such a place and that's the first instruction when he goes there the, the bible says the word of god came to him saying such a thing mm-hmm. another instruction not complete and so forth and so forth up until the whole picture was built right so to the person that's hearing this your first your first um um instruction would be or your first lesson or your first uh, uh, thing to prioritize would be to grow in your walk with God. Mm-hmm. That way you actually know whether it, um, you know when God is actually telling you to move. Or you'd also know when God, remember, is telling you not to move, as in the case of um, uh, Isaac. Mm-hmm. Isaac wanted <clears throat> to follow the model of his father when uh, things were tough. And God specifically came to Isaac and told him, Guy, don't move. Mm-hmm. So, 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 in, in discussing this, basically, I've, I've just basically run through what um, the God reasons why people ought to move. Right. There are reasons why people must also not move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my question would be, uh, whilst you are seeking mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. and you're seeking out God's will, do you start the migration process or are you stagnant? You know, because let's say I want to move right now, but I'm not quite sure whether this is this is God or this is me or this is circumstances or this is God's will. Mm. Do I start um, 
compiling documents to apply for a visa? Do I start looking for an apartment in the country that I'm supposed to, that I want to move to whilst I am praying, whilst I am, whilst I am reading the Bible, whilst I am seeking wise counsel? Do I start that process or do, do, I, do I just sit and say, God, speak to me. If you don't speak, I'm going. <laughs> if you speak, I'm staying. <laughs> very, very good question. Good question very mm-hmm. practical question. Let me talk about the reasons why people move, which are not very God decisions, which should also just help us um, to, to break this question down. Yeah. There are two ma- main reasons, non-God reasons, why people move. I, I, I break them down into two. Obviously, there's classes of these two. Mm-hmm. Number one reason which is not really a God reason why people move, is that people are running from something. I think it was a day or two days ago, I, I really found a very inspiring tweet um, on Twitter. Um, and I'm, 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 I want to just quote it, um, obviously I'll paraphrase it, mm-hmm. but, but there was some wisdom there which I think must also be made known in the context of this uh, discussion. The person said, um, um, to all of you that are trying to run away from places where there's coronavirus this is exactly what's going on with those people that are running away from war and famine you know in other words they're just trying to challenge people to be compassionate right you know over these migrants who are running for all sorts of reasons Mm. i think even in having this discussion we must always be very compassionate yeah Mm. about why people move true all right Mm. whether or not uh, they're making good decisions or, or or so you know let's just have a degree of compassion yeah. Right. So why, why are people moving? The first reason, the first non-God reason as far as I'm concerned, why people are moving is they are running from something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are running from something. So it could be famine. It could be war. It could be danger. It could be, it could be, it could be, it's just something that's undesirable mm-hmm. where they are that they feel that they can't continue to live with. Right. They might be employed. They might be married. They might been good or bad situations mm-hmm. but sometimes they're running from something right um I, i've got um i've got a, an example in the in the in, in in the bible we've got somebody a child of god who started running from something mm-hmm. um and uh, can i read it mm-hmm. you we all know the story actually it's uh it's in the it's in the book of ruth right right we've got a we've got a family in circumstances that was running from something and listen to what the bible says in chapter one in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. Mm-hmm. In other words, the economy was down and things were bad. Mm-hmm. And a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. Mm-hmm. The reason they were moving is because there was a famine. Right, right. We hear his name was Elimelech, his wife was Naomi, his sons were Malon and Kilian, and Kilian, and um, they were Ephratites, etc., etc. Verse 3 of Ruth chapter 1. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left with her two sons. <laughs> Verse 5, both Malin and Killian also died, and Naomi was left with the two sons and her husband. You know, this is a story that's just mentioned in five verses. We don't really get to see it in these five verses, the mm-hmm. pain, mm-hmm. you know, that Naomi had, you know, when they are living, what they're thinking is, a, when they're running from what they're considering is a, a bad life, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> she plunges into a place where she loses number one a marriage and she loses both her sons you see no wonder why when she comes back um a few years later when they say hey naomi is back she says don't call me naomi call me mara mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. How how do you explain? How do you reconcile the goodness of God with me, who's just lost him, her husband? Right. I've lost my sons, but watch, they made a decision to migrate. Right. Mm-hmm. There were situations they were running from. Right. And sometimes we're running away from certain things, and um, it's not every time that we're running from certain things mm-hmm. that we go find what it is that we think we're looking for. Right. That's the first non-God reason I'll say people run. The other one is, is would uh, be suggested by my first reason is people are running to something. Mm-hmm. In other words, sometimes people see something that appeals to them more than where they are. And um, the lure of that, it inspires them to go after something. And um, I've, got, um, I've got an interesting example here. We've got a man called Lot. Mm-hmm. Lot. He had a lot. <laughs> Before he he left mm-hmm. Abraham, <laughs> he had a lot, and then a place where separation has to happen. If I was Lot in hindsight, I would never have left Abraham mm-hmm. because that's where the blessing of God was. You know, there's certain people to just associate with because God's gonna be good to you. Right. Then there's certain people you don't want to be around because the stuff that's supposed to happen to them may happen to you on account of your being around them. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But the same actually applies for certain places. So here we look at Genesis chapter 13. Abraham and his nephew are talking. And then he says, okay, let's choose. You go left, I go right. You go right, I go left. And the Bible says, Lot saw, you know, basically a Sodom or that area. Mm-hmm. And it looked so nice that um, he decided to go there. Now, the Bible says something very interesting there. It says, now the men of that place were very wicked. Yep. This is Genesis chapter 13. It says, the men of Sodom were very wicked. And there's the, it's not a mistake that the writer puts that if you then follow the story. Yeah. In other words, there were an accident waiting to happen. Twist. Sometimes people make migrating decisions to places that are an accident that's just waiting to happen right and so in this particular case when lot goes there a few years later the first thing that happens is war which was happening there affected him Mm -hmm. and he had to get bailed out by his uncle abraham after Mm -hmm. he had been taken basically Mm -hmm. captive that passes the next time he's embarrassed when the wicked men are trying to rape and molest the angels of god who've come to visit him yeah this is ones, the place where, where, where Lot migrated to. <laughs> then after the destruction to that place where he's gone to, um, Lot is left with virtually his children, but no wife, mm-hmm. no sons-in-law. And uh, his daughters, they cause him to be drunk. And out of that, an incestuous relationship gives birth to Moab. And uh, Ben-Ami, Moab becomes the Moabites. Ben-Ami becomes the Amorites. If you find out those two classes of people, they were enemies of God. Mm. To the point where uh, Moses is instructed by God that when you come across the Moabites, none of them must even live in the assembly of of Israel Mm -hmm. simply because they refused you good passage when you're going to Canaan. uh, But the result of all of that is from a migration uh, Mm. decision. Whoa. You see, so Lord just saw something to run to, but he had no idea. So what am I saying? Am I saying that everybody who migrates uh, is going to go find difficult things? Not necessarily. Uh, you might actually be making a bad migrating decision, even though you're going to make more money. Mm-hmm. Right. 
it, anyway, it doesn't carry that uh, uh, becoming financial stable, financially stable mm-hmm. means that you're still going to be happy. Neither does that mean that you're still going to be in the will of God. It's yeah. possible to find financial stability and be completely outside the will of God. So in, 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 in making such decisions, mm-hmm. the believer then wants to be very sure. Am I where God wants me to be? Yeah. Am I where God wants me to be? But um, sometimes, unfortunately, what's happening is that we're making permanent decisions uh, based on very temporary circumstances. You know, we're making permanent decisions based on um, temporary circumstances instead of making permanent decisions based on your purpose. Right. But PC. Yes. The Bible says that God makes all things work, work together, together for our good, right? Absolutely. So he can turn any situation around for our good. Absolutely. So what, how would it turn out so bad if you do make a bad migration decision, if he's <laughs> going to work it all <laughs> for your good? Would it really be that bad? <laughs> you know, that verse is an insurance which I love for us believers to have. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately think that uh, we sometimes tend to quote it a little bit out of um, its, uh, its, its complete context. Mm-hmm. Actually, that verse says, and we know. Actually, says it says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those that love him. So it doesn't work together for good for everybody. It works together for good for those that love him, for those that love God, and mm-hmm. those that are called according to his purpose, or those that are called according to his Very purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. Lest we all start making dangerous decisions in the name of God causes all things to work together for good. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I might as well just divorce my wife right now because God works all things together for good. I might mm-hmm. as well just go murder somebody. Right, because as a believer, as a child of God, God works everything together for good. It doesn't exactly work um, that way. It's in the context of actually loving God. And loving God, according to the book of 1 John, um, the Bible says if we love God, then we'll actually obey his commands. And his commands are not Not too burdensome, Mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. So that's the beauty of of the whole counsel of Scripture. They work for our good, definitely. But it's in the context of us loving God and following Obviously, what uh, what he does, yeah. Yeah, does actually, yes, actually brings me to another point that I mm. wanted to say. <clears throat> As you've been speaking, I've been thinking um, a, a lot of the decisions that we are making are often driven by um, economic reasons, mm-hmm. so to speak. Right, where where it's like I want to go to a place that's that's promising me more economic prosperity or you know i need i need to be able to take care of my family so i need to you know, i need to go to a place i need to get a better job um but i think one of the key things for the be- for the believer is being able to actually think about god and about is the decision that i'm making how is it going to affect my my relationship mm-hmm. with god you know that the the god aspect is not an afterthought like I've seen instances where someone was very close to me. Actually, they made a decision. They were very, you know, qu- quite a committed Christian. Mm-hmm. They relocated to another country, mm-hmm. and the particular area that they're staying in, there's practically no church mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. There's no, and then they work a very like th- their job is very hectic. Yeah. So, like, he literally doesn't go to church anymore. Mm. His kids don't go to church. His whole family doesn't go to church. And I've actually seen 
a transformation for the worse where mm. you know where where his uh walk with god is concerned and i think it's it's really uh basically to do with the fact that there's no uh connection with other believers there yes. absolutely you know and and i think those are some of the things that we we also need to to consider as we're yeah. making these decisions that for a person who loves god and who serves god it's not just a matter of you know i'm moving to this place that's promising me prosperity um but you've got to think about your faith as well that where i'm going um am i going to have the support structure am i going to have a church family am i going to able am i going to be able to grow as a believer or is this just then just going to be the the beginning of my withering so you see i I like your point because Mm -hmm. definitely um money is not a very good motivator uh for 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 decisions such as this and um for many reasons but there's one scripture which comes to mind uh, in, in us having this discussion. It's, it's, it's Paul's words to a young pastor, Timothy, in the book of First Timothy, chapter number five. Listen to what Paul says. For godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment <laughs> is great gain. Mm. Can I define contentment? Yes, please. Contentment is not having what you want. It's wanting what you have. Because a lot of people... Hey, wait, wait, God, just, just say that again. Just, <laughs> wow. Just um, repeat. <laughs> okay, let me do a pull on that. <laughs> pull. Contentment is not having what you want. Mm. It's wanting what you have. So a guy is married to a very good woman. A guy is married to a very good woman. He takes a drive one Saturday. He sees a sleek model. Right? beautiful girl tall everything that he thinks he wants Mm -hmm. he leaves his wife who he has to get a woman he wanted when he then starts living with her and experiencing this beautifully looking thing he decide he discovers she's not exactly the type of wife he was enjoying a lot of people have been given things by god and they forget to enjoy the things that they've been given. Mm. They go after certain things that are really fads, mm-hmm. you know. When they get those things, they actually discovered, hey, this isn't as good as the thing that I originally had. Unfortunately, the world is sometimes driven by a lack of contentment. So sometimes we need to teach people to want what they have. Okay, I may not be, and, and this is not to say we mustn't improve. Mm-hmm. This is not to say we mustn't be excellent. We mustn't um, go further. But 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 remember, there's never an end to things, mm-hmm. right? So um, sometimes you can you can only sleep. Someone said, um, no matter how many bedrooms your house has, you can only sleep in one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No matter how many cars you have, you can only drive one. Right. So some of these things you can only you can only have so much of it. At the end of the day, you never really celebrate some of these other things. It's important to be content with the important things. So Paul starts by saying godliness with with contentment is great gain. But he's going on to something here. He says, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Yet some of us, we spend so much time chasing after things we're not taking out of this world. You see, we're deciding to make moves for things that we're actually not taking out of this world. Listen to verse 9, right? People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires 
that plunge men into ruin and destruction. Please go teach people who want to get rich goals, you know? Yeah. That as long as you are going towards being rich, according to the standards of this world, along that road there is temptations, there is traps, there is many foolish and harmful desires along that path mm -hmm. that plunge men into ruin and destruction. Verse number 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. You know that verse? Yes. That we normally quote. Mm -hmm. It's coming from this background here to say, hey, listen, learn to have godliness with contentment. I think we need to have a whole episode <laughs> on this one. Yeah. Right? Because guess what? In this world, right, the, the, the things you're chasing after, you're not going to, you're not going to come out of this world with these things. Right. And if you actually <clears throat> want him to get rich, guess what? Along that path, along the path of, of trying to get rich, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that come with it with it that's why i used no i used lot as an example that's why i used ruth and, and a family as an example they saw a place but they didn't quite see what was in in between that process there so finances or, or money or economic factors must never be the greatest motivation mm -hmm. for a believer to what for a believer to want to to make migration decisions right purpose must be the greatest motivator now let's look at people in and 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 remember i'm not telling my listeners to stay put that's mm -hmm. not what i'm saying yeah watch 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 the growth of the church right now internationally uh, there was a research done a few years ago i think i heard about this research in the year 2013 mm -hmm. they were doing a research on missions world missions mm -hmm. basically they were saying that the epicenter of world missions is changing from europe basically to coming into africa what am i saying from the um, late 1800s or mm -hmm. maybe centuries prior to that to basically the early uh, 21st century mm -hmm. right a uh, 20th century rather mm -hmm. um into the 1900s and so forth up to say let's just say year 2000 yeah most of the missionary activity at that time had, had happened pretty much from in fact it moved from europe to 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 north america right so it's, it's the americans right that have basically been spreading the gospel across the world mm -hmm. in recent times as we speak right now they say that that's been changing to south america mm -hmm. to a certain extent to 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 asia in particular korea mm -hmm. right and at the present moment to africa right so what you, what they're finding is that there are a lot of africans whose migration into the world has caused the gospel to spread right so you see a number of Africans have gone into certain places. You you will be very interesting interest of, interested to find out that um, a number of Africans have actually moved. Some of them, like I said, it was by default, mm -hmm. right? They went to school, and in going to school, they get they they turned out into being powerful preachers. I think there's a Nigerian. Uh, I think his name is Sunday Adejala. I'm not sure his name exactly. Right. He went, uh, I think, to Russia or Ukraine. Mm -hmm. He went to uni. He's got one of the biggest churches. In, in in ukraine as we speak right now so mm -hmm. so my listeners i'm not saying to my listeners stay neither mm -hmm. am i saying go but what i'm what i am saying is that god must be our driver the one who causes us to move mm -hmm. or the one who causes us to stay what about the person who's listening to me here who's in a fix <clears throat> yeah practically speaking their skills have got no job market wherever it is that they're they, they are it mm -hmm. or perhaps they're not even being um rewarded um uh, appropriately for the type of education and qualifications they have mm -hmm. when it comes to surviving in in, in, in in fair mind let's go back to what the bible tells us about surviving in difficult times i've got one a particular psalm and this is psalm um 33 
it says something very interesting about how God takes care of his people. Psalm 33, if I can just open it very quickly, Psalm 33 and verse um, and verse 18. Yeah. In fact, let me start from verse 16, because these are some of the things we, 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 we rely on. No king is saved by the size of his army. Mm-hmm. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But this is verse 18. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him and on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. Can you see verse 19 now? It says, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. Wow. So the eyes of of the Lord are on those. God's eyes Mm -hmm. is on a certain group of people as we speak. For the person who's listening to me, who's a believer in God, who's a child of God, who's trusting in him, the Bible actually says, guess what? You're looking to God, God's eyes are on you. you. Why are they on you? Verse 19, to deliver them from two things, death and famine, and to keep them alive in famine. So it's possible to actually thrive or survive or make it even in a difficult uh, situation. I'm reminded again about Psalm 27. (laughs) I hope I'm not getting too preachy here. But remember what the psalmist says. He says, um, I would have fainted unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not in the land I'm migrating to, but necessarily the land um, where I'm staying. But it's just showing us that God always has a plan to take care of his children wherever they find themselves. Wow. Mm. You know, Pastor Craig, thank you so much for this. And... You know, I think you've just brought <clears throat> a very important uh, context to, to 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 this discussion because often, you know, we we are anxious, and most of our motivation is our needs, our our physical needs, and we want to make sure that you know finances. We even use our families as the excuse to say, you know, I've, yeah. I need to take care of my family or my mm-hmm. career, and, and yet, you know, we we forget about the other side of things, which is actually the more important side, which is what what does God um, have to say about it? Uh, Tana, I don't know if you... Yeah, I just love the way that you wrapped it up and that it doesn't matter where you are, where you find yourself, whether you... whether it's in God's will for you to leave, whether it's in God's will for you to stay, God's going to take care of you and you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That is amazing and that is just so encouraging. So thank you so much, PC. For the wise words, the wise counsel. I'm sure there are so many people who are listening to this podcast right now who have been helped and that you have really helped to shed light on a lot of issues that they were struggling with. So thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Always glad to be here. All right. So we're going to we're going to end it here. And um, if you have any further questions or questions. Anything that you want to share concerning this discussion, you can get you can get a hold of us on our Facebook page or our social media platforms. But for now, we're out. Bye. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.